You're listening to Connect Communities Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. If you'd like to know more about our community, stop by our website at www.connectcommunity.tv. Enjoy the message. So we're kicking off this August series called Cut Loose. And I'm really excited about it. We're going to spend the month of August talking about some practicals. Um, but I want to just give you a little bit of a, of a context to what we're going to be stepping into. Uh, early in the scriptures, uh, we learn of the history of the people of Israel. It happened about 3,500 years ago, give or take. And we learn that the people of Israel went through a season. We call it the desert season. They left slavery from Egypt. And as they were wandering in the desert, a transformation was happening in them. God established a system for community and established them as a nation. They were just descendants of Israel. That's why they're called the people of Israel. They were not yet called the nation of Israel because they were becoming a nation in the wilderness. In the wilderness, God was forming them and taking and transforming them from the inside out, taking out the old mind and giving them a new mind. It was a system of community and relationship with God, but it was also a system of renewal. They were being renewed. And one of the great elements of this system was what God created for the forgiveness and atonement of sins. For, for them to be able to leave their past behind and, and receive forgiveness from Almighty God for their mistakes, for their sins, for, theirs, for their uh, nature. And that system is called the tabernacle. You can find it in the Old Testament in, in the book of Exodus around chapter 20 and on. Uh, it's when God gives the Ten Commandments and then talks to them about establishing the tabernacle. And the tabernacle had three main areas. It had the outer courts. It had a place called the holy place. And then it had a third place called the holy of holies. The holiest place in the encampment was the holy of holies. Now everybody could get into the outer court. Everybody was welcome into the outer court. Only priests could go into the holy place. And only the high priest could go, in, could go into the Holy of Holies once a year for the atonement of the sins of the whole nation. Now on the outer courts, where everybody would be able to get in, you and I, if we lived in those days, we would be able to go into the outer courts. There were two things out there. One was the altar of sacrifice, and the other one was a basin where they washed. And there's something really interesting about the altar of sacrifice and what this symbolized to the people. Because it was at the altar that they had the opportunity of bringing God a sacrifice for their sins and leave their past behind. It was a place of renewal, of refreshment. It was a place where they were able to find repentance. True repentance. The true meaning of repentance. Which means to turn away from your evil ways. Turn away from the ways that you were living. They were not working for you. They were destructive. And so today... And throughout this series, we're going to be talking about some things that we're supposed to bring to the altar. Some things that we're supposed to be offering up to God. Some things that we're supposed to uh, um, leave behind and what it involves. Now, we all came here today with some kind of baggage. 
Every single one of us. We have some kind of baggage, including myself. We have some kind of worry in that baggage. We have some kind of regret, failure, maybe victories, maybe past glories. But these are all things that are part of that baggage that we bring here to this morning. And we all have come here with some kind of hope. We have a desire for the future. We have a hope for what's ahead. And, and we live in that tension. We live between those two. And right now, every single one of us, we are in between those two areas. Our past, what we're leaving behind, the things that we're proud of or maybe that we're not proud of, and the things we're hoping for, the things that we came here expecting and desiring from God. Now, this will not be a series about believing for change or believing for something else, even though I believe it will impact your faith. It will, it will definitely speak to your belief. But this series, we're going to talk about decisions. Decisions that you might need to make that are not easy decisions, but decisions that you, you are prompted to make that will produce the kind of change that you are expecting. See, I believe that every single one of us here, God is calling us to a kind of life that will require decisions. And some of these decisions are not going to be easy. Some of the conversations are not going to be easy. Some of the things that we'll need to let go will not be easy. But if we are to step into that kind of life, we need to face it. And we need to make those decisions. I believe that from time to time in your life, you will find moments where God will whisper in your heart. And He will call you out for a period of time. He will call you out of certain things. He will call you out of certain practices. He will call you out of certain behaviors. Because He's calling you unto Himself for a time of devotion, for a time of purification. You know, in those times, if you've been in church, you probably will call those times a period of consecration. If you're not a church person, I believe you still sense those promptings. I believe somehow God is trying to help you in your life and you will feel on the inside a drive for focus in some area of your life. And, and, and you will feel the drive to devote yourself to certain things like, like, like an impression on the inside. You might call it intuition, but I believe it's the voice of God calling you unto Himself, creating pathways to meet with you, creating pathways to find you and to get to, to where you need to be. Now, all of us that are trying to know God, wherever you might be in your relationship with God, all of us who are trying to know Him, we are yearning to free ourselves of some of those baggages, to free ourselves of some of those things that we're carrying and lugging behind. Because we want to walk freely toward the hope that's on the inside. We want to walk freely toward what we're hoping for. And in those moments, we'll come to those seasons of purification, those seasons of devotion, those seasons of consecration, of focus. Now, typically, you feel God prompt you toward something like that. Typically, you will feel a thought. You'll feel a desire, maybe even a need to step out of something, to walk away from something, or to walk toward a certain practice. Maybe God will call you to pray. Maybe God will ask you to let go of a certain behavior. Maybe God will ask you to move away from certain relationships. See, there are moments in life where if we are to move forward, we'll have to cut loose. 
we'll have to let go. Now, our heart for this series, as we were praying and talking about it, and our desire for this series is that you will receive a revelation, a revelation of the heart of God for you, a revelation of God's desire for your life and the inner workings of God's Spirit in you. That you will not see this as, as, as a way of God restricting you or trying to keep you contained. But you, it, really you will see this as God calling you into freedom. Calling you out of something into something better. Moving you toward His freedom. And our desire is that you will make those decisions. Those decisions that God will prompt you. Not based on the emotion of the moment. Not based on whatever you're feeling right then and there. But based on God's purpose and His calling for your life. Because He has a calling for your life. This is what the Apostle Paul wrote regarding that. This is how he chose to lead, to lead his life and to live his life every single day. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 25-27. through 27. You can read it on the screen. We're reading from the ESV version. Every athlete ex exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath. That was the prize back then. But we, an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air. But I discipline my body and keep it under control. Lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. See, making decisions based on God's calling and God's purpose sometimes will not be easy. I probably say most times will not be easy because these decisions will likely involve more risk than you would, than you would be comfortable with. It will likely involve more cost than you are desiring to pay. It will likely involve more emotions than just happiness. You will probably be... Uh, 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 making decisions that will be hard you know making these decisions uh, will cause you uh, to value things differently when you when you make decisions based on your calling rather than your comfort and you'll begin to see freedom through different lenses now a few years ago uh, I met a, a, a friend his name is Cordell Booker and I'm saying his name because I've asked him to share this story here. But uh, he found himself a few years ago in that tension between his baggage and between uh, the future that uh, he was hoping for. You know, he had made some poor choices and uh, he was carrying that baggage of regret. He was looking at his life and he was wondering, how did I get here? Like, I made so many bad decisions. So that's when he discovered that he had a talent for boxing. And so he began training for boxing. Now, Cordell fell in love with boxing. He fell in love with the sport. And when I first met him about three years ago, he was working three jobs, and he was training every single day, and he was fighting uh, uh, constantly. Uh, by the time I met him, he had already fought over 100 fights in an amateur, uh, as an amateur boxer. And he had some records that were very, very promising. Now, a little over two years ago, he became a pro. And he, he, now he holds a 9-0 record as a pro boxer. I think, it, uh, w w but this is why I bring up the story. We were uh, standing on the driveway. By the way, he's my neighbor. It's nice to have a boxer as your neighbor, okay? <laughs> do, do we need an alarm system in the house? No, I got my neighbor, all right? <laughs> if anything, call Cordell. 
So uh, we were standing on the driveway, and I invited him out for coffee. And I said, hey, you want to go grab a cup of coffee one of these days? You know, just catch up. I want to hear about your life and whatever, you know. Uh, and he said, oh, man, I don't drink coffee. So actually, it's a running joke between my friends and I, because every time we go out, my friends tell the waiter, I'll buy whatever drink he wants. His drink is on me. And he said, but I only drink water, so I always order water on tap. <laughs> they know it because of, you know, because he's a fighter. He's an athlete. That's all he drinks. So I told him, well, if you don't drink any coffee, we'll pray for you and get you saved. No, I didn't. <laughs> I said, uh, how about we go get some burgers? And he said, man, it's going to have to be after three weeks because now I'm on a strict reg uh, diet regimen because I have a fight in three weeks. So we're going to have to wait until then. And then he began to tell me about his diet and what he goes through in preparation for a fight. What he goes through as far as dieting and exercising, preparing for the fight. He dehydrates his body. He has a whole regimen that is really really hard. I finally went out to lunch with him, and uh, during lunch, he was saying that he had been training every single day. So I asked him, so when is the fight? You've been training. When is the fight? And he said, oh, no, I don't have a fight scheduled, but nowadays, I just stay ready. I just train every day, and I stay ready. And I thought it was interesting because Cordell made his decisions, and he makes his decisions not based on his comfort, not based on his cravings, not based on the things that he is desiring at the moment. He makes his decisions and he frames his life, his day-to-day -day life on his calling, based on his calling. And I think that that's a lesson for, for you and I here today. Because, you know, he wouldn't be where he is today with a 9-0 record as a pro uh, uh, boxer if he would just tend to every single craving. If every time he wanted a cake or a cupcake, he just went for it. Um, and so I believe that we are all fighting here, every single one of us. In some different area of your life, you are fighting. You might not be a pro boxer here today. If you are, we'll recruit you for a security team. But <laughs> we are all fighting. We're all in some kind of ring here this morning. And to win, one thing is certain. It's going to cost you. You're going to have to put in the deposits that it takes. It will take discipline. Most likely, you will have to give up something. Most likely, you'll have to give up something that you don't want to give up. And thoughts will come to your mind. Thoughts that will say, I shouldn't have to let go of this. This is not the problem. This is not something negative in my life. This is not something that is in the way. You know, I shouldn't live life restricted. I should be free. See, I think that there is a way of looking at freedom that can actually deter us from our uh, destiny, from what God has for us. See, most people think of freedom as the ability to do as they please. But if you frame freedom that, that, in that way, it's a wrong way of thinking because it could be a double-edged sword. Because freedom in that way is motivated by pleasure. And when freedom is motivated by pleasure, all sorts of things can go wrong. It could be disastrous. This is what the Apostle Paul writes to the church in Corinth. He says this, All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. In other words, there are things that you might be free to do. 
that you shouldn't do. Because eventually it'll take you down a negative path. It'll take you away from where you're supposed to go. Not too long ago, I was on the phone talking to a man who had everything to succeed, but he had made some poor choices. He had made a series of bad choices, and he was crying on the phone, telling me that he had run out of options. You know, he, he, he was a guy who had a family and had a great job and served the church and his community, but he began to abuse alcohol. And the more he abused alcohol, the more his relationships deteriorated, the more his ability to focus on his job deteriorated. And eventually, you know, he lost his job, he lost his family, he lost uh, respect, he lost his self-worth. And he was on the phone crying, telling me that all he feels is regret and pain. All that he has away on him is this sense of worthlessness, that how could he have lost everything and just thrown his life uh, away this way? See, this is what happened. He ignored every warning that came to him on the guise of freedom. Every time a thought would come and say, hey, you're drinking too much, he would say, I am free to do so. Every time a thought would come and say, hey, you're crossing the line here, he would say, it's for freedom that God has set me free. And things begin to deteriorate to the point where what he thought he was doing out of freedom actually became his prison. And I, I told him what I'm telling you today. Freedom should not be motivated by pleasure. You can't expect a new life if you're still attached to old habits. He looked at me and he said, tell me something. Give me one a, a thing that I can do. Just give me a direction because I got nothing. I'm telling you, you want me to just tell you something practical like that you can go and do? And he said, yeah, tell me, where should I go? He said, I can tell you to go to Russia. But if you find a, a, a way of drinking there, you're going to have the same problems again. Sometimes you have to cut loose from the thing that is destroying you. You've got to face the facts and just cut loose. You can't expect a new life if you're still attached to old habits. And if you are to live the life you're meant to live, if you are to develop and grow and become who God has called you to be, you got to have the willingness and the strength to look at the thing that's holding you back and say, you know what? I'm going to cut loose. And I'm going to do what is necessary to live the life that I'm called to live. It all starts with your thinking. This is what the Apostle Paul wrote in the letter to the Romans, chapter 12, verse 2. It says this, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by the testing you may discern what the will of God is, what is good and acceptable and perfect. See, God has a kind of life for you to attain. But what happens is every single decision that we make are framed in our thinking. We think it first. Scripture says, as a man thinks, so he is. And if we are not willing to reframe our thinking and reframe our mind according to our destiny and according to our calling, it's going to be very hard for us to make the decisions that we need to make. That's what happened to the people of Israel. Scripture tells us that in that period where they were in the desert... When they had been freed from slavery, as they were journeying in the desert, a few, several times when they were challenged uh, by a, a, an obstacle, their minds went right back to Egypt. 
See, this is what happened. When they were in Egypt, they were under bad slavery. They, they, they were asking God for salvation. They were asking God for deliverance. And the scripture says that God heard the groanings of the people. Exodus 2.23 says that Israel groaned because of their slavery and they cried out for help. Their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God. Now God heard their cry and he sent Moses to rescue them. And if you know the story, this is a very well-known story. If you know the story, you know that there was a series of events that happened that brought Pharaoh to his knees. See, the man that was causing the oppression and that was causing slavery, his mind was changed. His heart was changed. And the people were eventually freed. But even in the desert, the first time that you had uh, a, a, a challenge... You know, you would think that after seeing God did what he did, they would be ready to conquer the world. After seeing all the signs and wonders that God did in Egypt, they would say, my God, there's nothing that can defeat us now. But not too long after that, they're standing before the sea and they see Pharaoh, who had regretted his decision, trying to come back and bring them back to Egypt as slaves. And the first thought in their minds, the first thought was, why did you bring us here, Moses, to die in the desert? Were there no graves in Egypt for us to die? Immediately, their minds went back. That wasn't the only time. They, they ran out of food. And they said, oh, I missed the food of Egypt. They ran out of water. Oh, we had plenty of water in Egypt. Every time they came up to an obstacle, they thought about Egypt. The very place that had them enslaved. Why is that? Because taking the man out of Egypt will not take Egypt out of the man. It's a different process. Taking somebody out of slavery will not take slavery out of that person. And this is the reason why many people you might know are on a destructive cycle. You might think, why is that person going back to that practice why is that person going back to that bad habit why is that person going back to those bad choices it's because Egypt is still on the inside you can try to extract them from Egypt but if Egypt is still on the inside there's no way that they will find true transformation and true change see maybe you you might be here today and you're battling with some things that you were looking to let go and you don't know why. You changed environments. You changed uh, 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 your out, the outer situation. Your, your circumstances on the outside are all different. But there's still something on the inside that holds you back. There's still something on the inside that seems to be uh, connecting you back to that, those same emotions, to those, that same weight, to that same baggage. I want to encourage you this morning. To understand the process that God is trying to get you through. See, there's no new life without a new you. There's got to be a renewal from the inside out. There's got to be a, a decision to embrace a new creation and the new kind of life that God came to bring you. Scripture says in 2 Corinthians 5.17 that anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. On the inside of every single one of us, there's a new kind of life waiting to burst out, waiting to come alive, waiting to bring forth its fruits. 
but it battles with the old kind of life. And what Jesus came to do, what Jesus came to bring is this new life that we're supposed to walk into. But at some point in this process of transformation, you will have to make a decision. You will have to make a decision to let go of the old. You will have to make a decision to cut loose from certain things. You will be prompted on the inside to say, you know what? you got to let go of that. you got to cut that situation. you got to let go of that practice. And for some of you, you know what it is. You're here this morning and you, you're probably uh, thinking, why is he saying that? And because you know what it is and you've been trying to put it in the back burner. You've been trying to put off that decision and you're hoping to see change before you do that. Let me encourage you. Do what God is asking you to do. You know, maybe it's a relationship that you knew you shouldn't be feeding. It's a relationship that you knew you shouldn't be engaging in. Maybe it's a phone number that you know you got to delete. Because that's not a healthy relationship for you. Maybe you need to walk away from certain practices, something ha certain habits that are holding you back. You might say, oh, it's not that bad. I know people who are much worse than me. Well, you are not them. God did not call them. He's calling you. He's telling you to let go of certain things. When God prompts you to cut loose, let me encourage you, obey Listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Allow Him to transform you. In Romans chapter 2 verse 1, right before that passage about the mind, this is what the Apostle Paul wrote. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. You might be asking, you know, J.D., what, what, what do I need to do? See, back in the, in, in the old days, about 3,500 uh, years ago, people would bring an offering to God. And they would come right up to the, the, the altar of sacrifice. And they would watch whatever animal they brought in lose its life. And in the, the, the loss of life, in the blood that was spilled, there was a renewal. It was God saying, old things must die so that you can receive the new. See, Jesus became the ultimate sacrifice. We don't come to the altar of sacrifice anymore. We come to the cross. And at the cross, this is what happens. There is an exchange. You bring your life to Him as a living sacrifice. And as you say, God, I offer you my life. I offer you my everything. I offer you this bad habit. I offer you this thing that you're asking me to let go. And I bring it up to you right now. Renew me. Transform me. And what you will find is Jesus exchanging his life with yours. He will say, I'll take your sin. I'll take your mistakes. I'll take your regrets. I'll take your baggage. And I will give you my life. And I will infuse you with my life. An exchange happens at the cross. And my, my call to you today, my, my encouragement to you today, is that you may bring yourself to the altar. That you may bring yourself to the cross and say, God, I'm yours. I'm ready to cut loose from anything that's holding me back. I want to be completely yours. 
Maybe you're here this morning and you're not a church person. Maybe you're here this morning and this is a little bit different for you to see Jesus and to see the cross in such a way. But this is the way that God has reached to us. He not only sent His Word, He sent His only Son. He sent His Word in the flesh, in the person of Jesus Christ. And in Jesus, we discover this, that the altar of sacrifice is not a place of accusation. It's not a place of condemnation. The altar of sacrifice is not a place where you come and you are filled with shame and guilt. The altar of sacrifice is a place of freedom, the right kind of freedom, the freedom that is focused on your destiny, not on your pleasures, on, your, on where you're going, not on the flesh, but in the spirit, the kind of freedom that can take you to the next level. And I'm inviting you this morning to do what it takes to cut loose and come to the presence of God because in His altar at the cross, you will find love, you will find freedom, and if you choose to cut loose, you will find the life that you were hoping for, the life that you came here hoping for. Do you receive it this morning? Amen. Would you mind?